Well, hello everyone and welcome to Cotton Candy Logic. It has been quite a while since I um, went ahead and I posted a podcast. There's been so much going on in our world. I'm excited today. I actually have a really wonderful topic we're going to be exploring. And it the topic today is Jesus and history, what Jesus says about history. And I want us to go to the book of Matthew today. And we're going to be reading in chapter 20. And it actually talks about in the in chapter 20, it's the parable of workers in the vineyard. And Jesus goes on to tell his disciples about the workers in the vineyard. And there's a couple of things I want us to kind of focus on with this. But I am going to read all the way down to verse 16. So stay with me. So it begins with, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and go on to the first. The workers who were hired about the 11th hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble about the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. We're going to end it there. So this topic came up to me last night. I was actually reading this Bible verse to my children, Lulu, who is seven years old, about to be eight in October, and Sean, who is 12 years old and will turn 13 in April of next year. And I asked them both what they thought about the scripture. And Lulu's reply was that everyone gets something. And Sean's reply was that everyone gets money for their work. I was excited to hear that neither one of them had an issue with everyone receiving the same amount, even though each person entered at a different time. See, the thing that's really interesting about this parable for me is that we're all at different paces in our journey. Our history is different. Some there's similarity, some intersectionality, but we all have a past and we all have a history. The beautiful thing about this parable is Jesus is really likening this parable to the kingdom of God. And how I see that is a person that really does understand the importance of knowing someone's history 
will not necessarily determine their future. But if the person is not given the same opportunities as someone else who started before them, then it will never be equitable. And so even in this parable, we have Jesus outlining what social justice looks like in our world, or at least what it should look like. If we as Christians believe that God is sovereign and that God is divine, and we understand the importance of humility, and we understand the importance of leveraging the playing field, then it should come to no surprise for any believer in Jesus Christ, regardless of your denomination, that Jesus and God expect from us to give everybody equity, that everyone will have an opportunity to enter into the kingdom of God. And just like this parable, you have the vineyard, um, the landowner, making sure that even if some workers started later, and some started sooner that they all agreed to the same amount. And so I look at this world today and I think to myself, the one thing that I'm working towards is to be righteous in Christ's eyes. And the one thing that I work towards on a daily basis is to be righteous in God's eyes. And I want to live a righteous life unto the Lord that's pleasing to God the Father. And so I read the word of God to understand who God is and the character of God, not who I, Lisa Wilson, am. But I read the word of God to understand who God is so I can align myself because God has given me a free will. God has given me the ability to think and to feel and to believe and to move and to change things. We have not been called not to work. We've been called to seek and to save those who are lost. And as a Christian, we have to be activists, actively involved. The commandment from Jesus is to seek and save those that are lost. It's not to sit and pray. Sitting and praying is necessary to keep our thoughts aligned with the kingdom of God and God's calling. But Jesus said to seek and save. So what is going to take our involvement? It is necessary for us to understand as a people called of Christ and the body of Christ to truly understand as a church in 2020, that we have been called to actively serve and demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ for all people, regardless of where they start, because we all want to finish the same. We all want the opportunity for eternal life. We all want the opportunity here on earth to be able to have the basic human rights and the civil rights that are afforded to us. And it is very frustrating at times when people don't understand that basic necessity for life. The importance of understanding that every single person deserves to have freedom. And every person in this world deserves to be able to pursue happiness in accordance with God's law. So... Today, my challenge for us as believers, and if you're not a believer in Christ, please don't get discouraged by what you see, social media, what you hear people toting that they're Christians, because in the Bible, it talks about the fruits of our spirit. Our fruits of our spirit will demonstrate who we are in Christ. And if you're seeing someone, because we are human, we are flesh, I stumble, I fall, I sin. That's why I don't look at man or woman or people and I go, oh my gosh, they're calling themselves a Christian. I can't follow Christ. No, I won't do that to myself because I am allowed to seek the kingdom of God and one day have eternal happiness. But while we're here on this earth, we absolutely have to be willing and ready 
to be able to help people, to be able to level the playing field, to level the playing ground, right? So I'm excited about this. You know, I'm excited about what the future holds, even though we feel like we're an apocalyptic type of state of being right now. And we probably are. It's not to say that we don't have an opportunity given to us right now to make that type of change that we need. Another thing I want to talk about is in the book of Matthew, Jesus, after traveling many miles, different cities with his disciples, they came upon on the Sabbath. Some people believe the Sabbath is a Saturday and some believe it's a Sunday, but that's just um, semantics. And that's honestly just legalities. Is that something we really need to overly fix on? Not necessarily. What we need to focus is on is what I'm about to tell you as far as the Bible goes and understanding the character of Christ will help us understand who God is. So here's Jesus with his disciples and the disciples are walking through um, cornfields and they're hungry. So they reach down and they're picking ears of corn. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the lawmakers of the land at that time, and the religious leaders at that time began to ridicule Jesus because Jesus allowed his disciples to eat when they were hungry. What a ridiculous thing to get upset about. Can you imagine? Think about our time today. It's the same thing going on. People that want human rights, that deserve civil rights, that deserve to eat, that deserve to sleep, that deserve a home. They are being ridiculed, slammed, ostracized, and people are saying it's in the name of God. This is nothing new under the sun like Song of Solomon wrote about in Song of Solomon and Ecclesiastics. Solomon wrote that. Nothing is new under the sun. So people using God's name in vain for the works of their own power is called blasphemy. So there's so much blasphemy happening right now that even in the New Testament, under the law of Jesus Christ before the shed blood, he was prompting the lawmakers because of the love that God has for us still in our sin, an opportunity to repent. He said to the Sadducees, he said to the Pharisees, hey, don't you know that David in the temple went in for shelter and food during a war that David was fighting? Well, David didn't break, you know, the laws because it's what he needed. In the same vein, what about if a calf, a cow falls into a well on the Sabbath? Do you go in and get the calf or cow that you're going to the temple to sacrifice? Or do you let it die because you're not supposed to do work on the Sabbath? What Jesus is saying, why are we so caught up on laws and not on lives? Why are we so caught up on opportunities to showcase our power and not showcase our humility. If God can come incarnate in the flesh of a man and humble himself, why can't we? We as people in the world struggle with humility. We struggle with it. It's what will keep us from entering into enlightenment here on earth in the capacity to lead. It's what's going to hinder our ability to go into heaven. The Bible verse that talks about it's going to be harder for a rich man to enter the eye of a, a needle. Okay. What I feel like Jesus is not just referring to about rich wealth, but also rich in ideas, wealth of knowledge, thinking, you know, everything filled with power and not humility. 
So Jesus saw a need for history with the Pharisees, with the Sadducees. Jesus took the time to educate them about David. Remember before what happened? Remember before what happened? Now this is happening now. It's almost a time to redeem yourself, you know? I look at what's going on today. It's a time to redeem ourselves as a world. It's a time to redeem ourselves as humans. It's an opportunity for us to fall on our face, seek God with everything, ask for forgiveness, repent for our evil ways. We cannot read the Bible and not be convicted of the truth that God is king, that Jesus is real, and that we've been called to be humble. We've been called to follow. We've been called to lead and lead with love. And we can't say that we're born again believers and that we believe that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world, the savior of the universe, savior of the planet, savior of everything. If we can't expect that our brother next to us deserves the same things that we have, food, shelter, access to medical care. We cannot say that we're believers in Christ. Absolutely 100%. We cannot say that. So I'm, I'm begging you. Within your own intersections of your life, don't think it to be small. Look at yourself and go, God, please examine my heart. Help me, please, Lord, to do what you call me to do. With my family, I'm a minister of you, Jesus Christ, as their mother. My partner with Andre, I want to be a good sister to my sister, a good daughter to my parents, a good mother to my children, a good partner to Andre. But it's absolutely necessary that I check my heart first. A lot of people want to get involved in politics and policies and making these macro changes, but they don't want to start with individual. And even Jesus says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That verse is about individual self-reflective practice to become unified and reconciled with Christ. And if we believe that we are made in the image of God, then we believe in reconciliation with one another as well. All right, you guys, hot topic. I'm going to try to have some guests on in the next couple of weeks as I start recording more. I founded this thing called CARE. I'm so excited because everybody that's together, we all are focused on civil rights, social justice reform, and human rights. We are doing God's, we're trying to do God's work. So get involved, show your love, and don't forget, Jesus loves you, I love you, and please know it's time to do what we're supposed to do in this world. Have a good one.